0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the TED Talks podcast. On today's show, I have Reese and Alice. This was a really good conversation. Actually, it just felt so natural. It just felt like we were having a conversation at a networking event, and you know, I was getting to know them. Now, they've had a quite an interesting start. Actually, jumping, you know, pretty much straight into a flip, which made some profit, which they learned so much from. Moving on to kind of BRR to build their wealth and their asset wealth, and, and now they're doing a commercial conversion and they did a HMO with 110% ROI. So they know what they're doing. And I suppose more interestingly enough, they own and operate a, you know, a construction firm, a refurb firm of builders. So that's a lot of fun, but yeah, a real kind of varied podcast here with a lot of lessons and a lot of insight into also balancing, you know, being life partners and business partners, but also just all of property. So really good chat here. And, uh, you know, I don't know when this podcast is being released. (laughs) This is the thing with pre-recording stuff, but please do check out my new mentoring packages, my e-learning and also the site visits. I am doing site visits on my latest project in Wales, one at the start when it's basically stripped and it's kind of ready to go. And then one near the end where, you know, it's kind of nearly getting done. So, you know, send me a message, look in the show notes, but you know, hope to see you on one of these days or on my mentoring or my e-learning or at the property event, which is the second Thursday of every month. But you knew that anyway. So I'll see you there. Rhys, Alice, welcome to the Tej Talks podcast.
1: Hi, Ted. Hi, Tej. Thanks for having us
0: there are two of you, I realise I kind of said Rhys Alice like it was one name, but there, there, there are two of you today. Um, yeah. talking to me about various things in property. Um, you know, your first HMO. Perhaps we can touch on kind of what you did before property, how you got into it. We're gonna we're gonna kind of explore your journey um, and also give the listeners some real tips, uh, and actionable insights from you both. So, before we get into you know what you're doing now, uh, you know, what were you doing? before property and then how did you kind of like get into property
1: so um I was initially in a state agency um and property management um prior to us starting our own business um it was um I really loved my job but it was something that um I wanted, to, I wanted to stay in property, but I wanted to kind of progress a bit further. So we, um, Reese. well, you, do you want to? Yes, I,
2: I've, um, well, we both, we went to, I went to Union Leeds and Alice went in Sheffield. And, but we've been, we were together before then. So we've always been in, a, we've been in a relationship for like, well, we're like thirty two, <laughs> thirty three now. So we've been together like uh, 14 years. So we, um, we, we when I came back after uni, like my family from Sheffield, and I started my start my own business. It was actually like sports nutrition supplements. We went into that. So I've only ever worked for myself, um, and but but when Amazon really kicked off, and it, I kind of just got sucked in with the uh, in the small man on the high street, and I couldn't really compete with like internet prices and things like that. So it was we had a bit of a we had a bit of a um came to a bit of a stage didn't we where it was like we've always been interested in property um always was always like enjoy always enjoyed always enjoyed the i should say it's like watching homes under the hammer when i was at uni probably should have maybe done a bit more (laughs) uni work but um yeah we 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 um we came to a crossroads
1: really in in both of our um jobs didn't we where we either made the decision to kind of jump in and give our own business a go um, were we 26? About 20, yeah,
2: 25, 25 26.
1: Yeah. Um, or we carried on what we were doing, um, or there, you know, along those lines. We touched upon it in later life, yeah. Um, so we just jumped in.
2: Yeah, we... At we, the deep end. We uh, we we sold our house uh, that we were that we were able to actually we sold a flat and we moved in with moved in with my sister uh, family and um, yeah we kind of used capital that we had from that and um eaten, and and some more and started, like did our first property did our first flip um did that learn obviously everything that you should do shouldn't do um like it was just we always regarded it as like our it training house
1: the best flip it was so over yeah so like <laughs> everything
2: that you shouldn't do like amazing
1: new roof and yeah, all the everything. driveway done
2: and yeah and luckily we kind of we 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 did the, we did the fundamentals right and we bought something in the right location we spent some good good time trying to find it um but i don't think you really realize when you're looking at it from a limited knowledge how much actually goes into it and you know finding something so if we'd bought in the wrong location, we probably wouldn't be having this chat now um but yeah we we, we bought it we we sold it for a, a bit of a profit, not a lot um but then it enabled us to um essentially go and look at the next and and see something and that and that kind of that one was 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 more of a success. We actually bought we bought um, a place that was two Well, was one house but it's actually split into two uh, and it still had the title deeds for the two and we just re-split it back um split it back up kept one and sold one uh, and then from there really we just we it just kind of momentum just took over and we were able to then build a portfolio um move, but,
1: move more into the um buy, buy to, refer, yeah, refinance buy model finance, at that stage
2: yeah. i think we we both saw that um, especially with Alice was, Alice was working for a, a student landlord in Sheffield um, first after after union. It was like the any people that we saw that were um, wealthy in property owned property. And uh, it was kind of one of those bits where we, we were selling something, doing all that work. And then you were getting rid of the asset and you kind of then start looking and think, oh, actually, I can refinance this and um, I can draw out, you know, as much or if not all my Um, capital that put in to begin with and then i can essentially go again and that's just led on from there really Mm. and we've gone and continued that pathway
0: Mm. and yeah i mean there's there's so many kind of points we could delve into that i mean i think it's interesting that the first property you ever did you flipped because a lot of people and the traditional you know the traditional thing about property is buy to let everyone on the street knows Oh if you buy a house you rent it out you make a bit of money cool like everyone knows that but flipping is i don't know it's strange it's not really spoken about that often it you know perhaps for the reason you've said there that you know a lot of people hold their wealth and hold their assets but why why did you flip the first one because it's very different to what most people do
2: I think it was probably a mixture I think it was a bit of lack of knowledge like you, you I think sometimes we saw the it was, you make something, you make something nice. And we always had this idea of like probably somewhat overspending from the beginning that do you really rent out something like that? Um, do you just, is that something that you would sell on? It was very much in like a family area. Uh, it wasn't, and it wouldn't really have worked as a, as a rental. Um, so we always had that. Like in, it probably didn't have the, um, the, the end wasn't in, wasn't really available to rent it. Mm. But I don't, I think it was probably a lack of, lack of knowledge with with how to do that
1: I suppose the other thing as well we were it's the opportunity we came across at the time Mm. um because we knew it was a good residential area we knew that things were selling really well um so we saw that opportunity to develop it and and flip it on and I think the other reason was to kind of build up a bit of cash in order to move forward into into the rental side of things you know to be able to make a bit to be able to leave a bit in um, in a rental so yeah I guess that's how how, I suppose we did we we had to pick one way and we picked that way
2: initially (laughs) it was Um, it was it was kind of it was probably the lack of strategy mm -hmm. and the lack of just going into things quite open quite kind of green and a bit just not really having any direct direct path in which we were Mm -hmm. going to go uh, or a specific plan which it's not really what we now we we are where we're at now we wouldn't dream of doing that but to start off with it, it you're not really shoehorned in any way um and it, and it helps us and you know think back to it and we're always looking at it and think well we've learned so much from that would we have learned so much from just having something buying it um you know something a lot lot smaller like we put an extension on that we put like Alison, oh, wow. we put a new roof yeah we did honestly oh, we, we, we we like we did everything that you really shouldn't do on, like a new, on a new one we we didn't have we didn't have like no knowledge with things it was and it was kind of like now everybody's like oh just youtube it you know youtube seeing things you can learn so much it's not saying that you learn how to build an extension but at least you've got like a bit of guidance like it was kind of before when everything like that was really like coming through and so it was very much just like oh yeah, we'll we'll just we'll learn as as we go along, and like the garden, like the garden was big, and that was a mess. It was just like you know getting a getting in and doing all things, like all things that you just now look at, you're like, wow, I learned so much from that. But i have now been able to take forward. Like, it was a hard hard time, and yeah. we we looked at we for we've, we've done too much. And bearing in, in mind, world.
1: we had no experience of building yeah. or yeah. renovation or anything at all like that, have we? Yeah. So we just kind of. Well, we just learned as we went along. We, did, yeah. we didn't have a clue what order things went in or anything no. like that. So um, it was I mean, it definitely a. Yeah, uh,
0: that is a real baptism by fire because, you know, I mean, well, firstly, the fact that you made profit, whether it was yeah. some, whether it was, you know, the fact you mm. actually made profit when you, you know, potentially it, potentially, you know, you didn't know what you were doing, frankly, you still made profit. Yeah. I think that that says something about you too right because there are a lot of people who will go in blindly whatever the correct word is and they'll make a loss they can make a significant mm-hmm. loss they things can go really wrong but in your case you pushed through you managed to work it out and you still made a profit so i think that says a lot about you too and you know your mindset and your work ethic and your network perhaps and and what you did to really make it work because yeah just for people listening it can go the other way um, but like you said, the lessons from it you come out of that and you know you've learned like so much so from that experience what were your what were your I don't know your top three biggest like mistakes or learnings from that that you'd take on to your next deals um,
2: I'd, I'd probably say the um, and this is somewhat where we're at now um, with having like the, a team of people around you that were you know having that already organized the people i know it's like kind of the the words band around in property like having your power team um and your power team of like tradesmen um but we were we were so so unprepared for for that like it was very much you know just like Ringing up people and people coming round, and then it was like, oh, you, you, you kind of bit of you, you facing their hand really, just going, are you either going to be the right person for it, or you've got nothing to go off? Um, so definitely having having them built up, and then mm. just knowledge of like the having like the time schedules with things, because that makes a massive difference in in, in property, because I mean business, it's money, money out, money back in, is everything. Um, and the cost of obviously the capital in that. So that just having the having mm. the schedule of works with with um with the project. Um and third third with that. Um I,
1: I think to add on to the the first point um about the the team, um on that project, because we were completely new to it, we didn't really have any contacts at all in trades. Um so that was quite tough because we had to go through quite a few people in order to find reliable people. Um, But that obviously, as we've progressed, we've been able to build up a really reliable team of people that are with us. Well, pretty much the whole, well, all the time. Um, So looking back on that project, um, that was a real, a a real kind of um, hindrance because we didn't have, we didn't have reliable people that we could trust and that, um, you know,
2: which took more time. Yeah, which it meant cost more that
1: it, we were waiting a long time for people. Yeah, it co- yeah, cost more money. Um, and yeah, I'd say that I'd say that's probably my yeah, take home from it.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I, one of the big things that I know we, we said about um, we, we made profit and we were, were able to, one of the things that I think I would say to people that the biggest learning, well, one of the big learnings on a, on a positive side is, is making sure you do your due diligence on what you buy because if we had just bought, because that was by no means the first one, because I know we, we kind of went into it a bit blindly, but one thing we did do through Alice's estate agency background and through actually putting some time and effort into it, it did, did take us a good number of months to find something. Mm. We didn't just jump into, you know, the first like refurb that we saw. We we, we looked at everything and did the calculations. Well, I mean, I'll say calculations, it could have been way out, but what we thought were the calculations and then worked off that. So we did... We did have a process and and, and we did look at um we were scouring through right move looking at auctions doing doing all that doing viewings like evenings weekends to try and find something and 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 we kind of came across this and it wasn't through like um, luck or fluke or just dropping on it or or by accident that we found a found something that we were able to flip on and and make somewhat of a small profit it was it was through actually like finding it wasn't it being patient being patient yeah yeah it was
1: frustrating at the time because we wanted to just get on with something get an offer accepted get it moving obviously get the property and get started but at the time it did seem to take quite a long time to find something decent but probably wasn't actually that long in the end but um But yeah,
2: that's um, that's a good point. Mm. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, I think that makes sense. And also, you know, again, it's a it's a sort of it's the reality for people listening is that, and especially in this current market, things will take time, whatever yeah. that time actually means. It, but it will take time longer than most of us think and hope properly um, to find good deals. Now, after you do this deal, you know, obviously it was it was very challenging. You learned lots of lessons. You kind of went straight in the deep end. Once you'd finished it and you'd sold it, and it was like, okay, that that sort of worked. Like, okay, you know, did that at all put you off property because of the challenges, or did it make you think, okay, the next one has to be more efficient, and we have to learn from it? What What did it do to your thoughts about property after that?
2: Yeah, I, I think it worked. I, I think it could have gone two ways at that point. We could have like looked at it for actually, no, this isn't as easy as it's made out on the on the TV, or you know, we're passing chats with. With people that have done it before, um, or you kind of go the other way and you think exactly what you just said. You know, we couldn't streamline the process, we can make it more efficient. We've had that experience. You can kind of go back into your memory bank and think, oh, I've done this. Um, what do I need to do? Or oh, I'm at this stage again. Or I, I can, won't do that. It like uh, this again. Or <laughs> I won't do that. Yeah. And we just took on that. And it's, I suppose, that was also, we've always, we, we, we knew we wanted to do it. And whether or not, if that even if that um first project had gone wrong even more or, or we hadn't had made any profit, I still think we would have continued. But um we just we we just thought right this is giving us the ground, this is giving us the foundations to be able to build upon. Um and, and that's what we did and we just, just went on went on from there really. Um
1: I think at the time we we did have our offer accepted on the next property before we'd completed the sale of the first property so I think at that point it was
2: right the latter it was
1: it yeah it was it was kind of nerve-wracking in that sense because um that the first one took us a long time and it was kind of like oh you know we need to make sure that we do improve because otherwise it's not going to work on the second one you can't keep doing it if it's if you keep making the same yeah. same errors um so I remember feeling quite nervous about the second one <laughs> after the first one but we were both kind of accepted the mistakes that we'd made and wanted to carry, you know, carry forward and and, and learn from them.
0: Mm. I think, and, you know, that makes sense. Like, like you said, we say it could go either way. And for some people, it will go the way of, oh, wow, I really don't like this. And, that, and that's cool. Like, you got to do what you enjoy. you got to do what you're passionate about. But, you know, it's good. It's good that you took it in the kind of positive direction and then reflected on it, learned from it and used it on your next project. So. Earlier, you kind of mentioned you did a few flips, then you went into like BRR and buy to let holding assets because the people you noticed that were wealthy were holding assets. So, you know, what you did is kind of something I advise for a lot of people who have like, uh, you know, a limited starting capital because if you can do a couple of flips, you know, depending on the area and all sorts of stuff, you could turn your pot of say 50K into 150K after a year. By doing one or two flips, depending on the area, etc., and then you can start buying assets. Maybe leaving in a bit more money than you want to, but you can buy a couple at once and kind of, I don't know, speed up your cash flow. Because as we know, BRRs and buy to lets can be slow, can be really really slow for for multiple reasons, solicitors. But <laughs> um, for you, you know, d- did the flips help? like did they one I suppose build up cash for you and two did they build up experience so that when you started the BRRs it was a lot smoother and easier
2: yeah yeah most yeah, definitely completely. and like you just mentioned as well Ted, like you 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 with rent with renting it and the BR, you're essentially getting rid of that external um fact that you you can't deal with like the solicitor side of things when you when you finish the refurb on BRI you know you, you essentially put it up for rent and somebody can be in it within a couple of a week a couple of weeks or the next month and then it's like dealing with the refinance but the sales you, you can you're at the hands of I know you've got the solicitor from the mortgage company involved but you tend to it's a bit of a quicker process um, mm. rather than somebody another solicitor from another from the um person that's buying it and then something it just you you reducing that so that was we found that when we were doing our own our own um refurbs for the buy refurb refinance they were they were much they were a lot quicker we were able to get you know turn it around and um i could say be able to refinance it and, and draw, draw down on that um and then, and then just move on to the next one. So it, it, everything just you learn from every stage of of the, of the process. Um, and yeah, we were able to take we were able to kind of speed speed that up. We um, we also went and after after doing a number for our, for ourselves, we kind of through networking, we spoke to we we met um, we met a local property investor who was working on behalf of a guy um, in in London. Um, who had capital and he was doing stuff in in the north and we kind of we because we then built up our own team of people that were kind of with us on a regular basis we then started doing projects for him so we were able to develop quite quite quickly uh we were we were doing multiple ones we for a a month really we were were doing like i think in, in a year for him we did we did about oh, 15 16, 15, yeah, yeah, 15 16. And that's
0: you sourced for him and managed a refurb and all that no, stuff. No, we didn't or?
2: source for him. He, um, the guy that we dealt with, he sourced the projects and we did, we did the refurbs, so mm. um, which yeah. meant that we kind of we did that because we were having we, we were about five or six a year at that point, but it was how do we teach these guys that we found on a regular basis um being able to do our projects, but we can't just have them doing our projects at the uh, just just our So projects. we didn't have
1: to let them go between projects wasn't it mm-hmm. yes
2: it's hard you know mm-hmm. finding that same person again uh you know you don't know what type of what work they might get and somebody else might some other property developer might coach them and have them to do something else so we kind of brought that somewhat in-house and we ended up and since then it's kind of grown from that really and we've we've kind of upped what we've done through then you, you learn more, you develop, we've been able to we kind of did a did a round of just like you said, building up your capital, we um went from um doing the flips back to, to um bi refurbory finance. Then when capital went down, we then bought another um flip and did that it was actually we built a new build. Um um we bought we bought a house and with with some land on the side, got planning permission, flipped that on. Um, and that essentially has built built up our capital to be able to go and do do things do the do phase. the next phase of buy referred refinance, and then we've kind of come gone through from that as long as, as well as doing other people's work in there. So wow. it's meant that we've been able to kind of make that move and transition grow mm-hmm. quite quick quite quite quickly knowledgeable because we 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 just yeah we've we've done a, well, a number of places now.
1: We've kind of evolved from being um obviously the initial flip, so like a development company to having a rental company and also um we've we've now got a construction company as well yeah. um like me says we we do do work for um for other other clients as well um now that we've got the the team established.
2: It's not, um, it's not actually really it's not actually great deal of property that we do we do quite a bit of work for councils now so we've got like a more of an actual a fully construction business where we go and do work for local councils um schools um all all, all manner of jobs really and we've got we've got kind of a team of about mm. 10 to 15 guys that with, with us with on a regular basis which helps doing like fitting within our three companies really mm so
1: while able to continue with our own projects yeah at the same time which is which is great which is yeah which is the I, idea. D- I
0: definitely want to I definitely want to talk about um having your own building company because yeah working yeah. with builders alone for me is yeah is an experience yeah I mean close to my heart close to my fist maybe um, <laughs> but let's before we get to that let's talk about so you went into BRs um when you did that was it single let BRs yeah, you started yeah in? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, And then, so obviously with single lets and, you know, if people don't know and they're listening, each one generates anywhere from 250 to say 350, maybe 400 pounds a month outside of London, you know, in terms of rental profit per property, that's kind of a conservative range, you know, with that. And obviously with you doing flips and seeing, you know, tens of thousands of pounds kind of coming in at a chunk, how did you, how did you kind of goal set or what did you plan for with these single lets in order to i suppose bring enough income in that you can you know live your life
2: um, i think it was i think it was looking because we were fairly we were fairly young you know 20 we were about like 27 um 27 28 we were we were able to think it, a bit bit like long game with it um and essentially look at it and think well we are to, to build this up. It's something that we we're, we're just gonna have to have to do. It's not and gonna happen overnight. Yeah, it's not gonna happen overnight. And that that's that's what we what we bought into. We thought so, you know, it's one becomes two, two becomes three, and then next you know, if we if we had the we had the aim, we said to ourselves, right, we, we want to try and find, we want to try and do um, ten in the next it was like the next year slash like kind of 15 months and i think we did i think we did nine Mm. um so when we put that when we put that together and like you said it was you know it's like two 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 and a half to three thousand which when you start off in your first one you're looking at like 250 there's there's a big difference so we were able to just and then when we brought in the um since like the project managing to build some to to kind of generate a bit of a wage from it we weren't having to lean lean on that um, rental money um all the time so we just viewed it as we're going to just do this for the long game and mm. you know if we're doing if we can do x amount a year um times that by a number of years in 10-15 years time we'll be in a we'll be in a, a good place with it. Um, so that's how we that's how we did look at it we weren't just were not just weren't just looking at each each one like it was we needed that one to make sure that we were yeah it was it was we needed to just use it for living
0: yeah that makes that makes absolute sense and you know there's a there's a kind of common i don't know well it's a fact or it's a myth um that goes around which is again in this market i think it's it's very much a myth at the moment but having single let BR deals where you pull out all of your money or 90% plus of it, I think is quite difficult right now um, compared to say yeah. where we were two years ago mm-hmm. when you were buying these, you know, how much money were you tending to leave in on each deal? Cause a lot of people, you know, the list of excuses people have sometimes is, Oh, well, you know, we're going to leave in this. I want all my money out. How realistic was that for you? And what sort of amounts were you leaving in on some of these properties?
2: were some of them going back to again sourcing and using like that's what we really like built built off and um, we were quite we were quite um lucky that we i said lucky we, we found projects where our first couple we actually were able to draw all of it out um well, actually true. a bit more um yeah. so that was that was good but um then other ones they they weren't as much so uh, anywhere between drawing probably all of all of the money out to leaving in around about 10, 15 yeah, grand 10, 15, in each yeah. one um, yeah. and we're looking at the value of the houses that were in and around about um, were the end values were were around one hundred twenty to yeah. one hundred sixty but they were bought for the lower end were bought for like seventy. Mm. Uh and the obviously upper end for the 150 valuation was brought for about like 95 a hundred.
0: Mm. I mean that th- that makes sense. And I think that's that's kind of a fair range. And I've seen the sort of same thing anywhere from yeah, zero left in to like 5k to 10 to 50. I think you know it's something that people don't think about. You know, if you borrow, say, 150 grand from an investor and you left in 15 grand, um well there needs to be some sort of arrangement, you know, because they need yeah. their 15 grand back. Um, and what you mentioned earlier about flipping to kind of make up some capital for people yeah. listening, you know, don't be afraid to use investor finance. Just make sure you know how to pay it back and you can fill these gaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like recently I said, it could be 15 grand in this market. It could be even more. Uh, so I understand, so obviously you're doing, you did the single let's, you did the BRs, but I understand you also did your, your first HMO. Am I right?
2: yeah that's right yeah um, and it had
0: 40 fridges in it this sounds yeah. <laughs> did you yeah. sell them all on
2: ebay and make some money back what <laughs> they weren't in uh, they weren't in sadly they weren't in any uh, any any state to be sold yeah we um it was it was a bit of a um it was an off-market deal this wasn't it mm. um and I, I it was it was like it was a tired landlord um he owned a property um, for a number of years, and the outside of it was immaculate because he'd had like he'd always kept it in, in good order. But sadly, as it had gone on, and he'd got less and less interested. The level of tenants just got worse, and like <laughs> the inside. I mean, we've been in a number of bad places over the years, and not to say this was like the. The, the structurally it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't bad there wasn't really structural work to do but the inside of it what was in there there was oh, I it just it was just the amount of rubbish that was in there to, like, the, like I say there was it 40 just been trashed really. Yeah, hadn't just it, been by trashed, the yeah. previous
1: people which was so sad every
2: floor as well it was it was a it's a large um Victorian um property over three floors and it was he actually had it split into or it was split into like somewhat bed sit slash flats over mm. each floor. And um, it just laid itself well for a like a six bed HMO, um, decent good location. Um, so re- really good transport links into into Sheffield. So we um, we had it we we had that in, in mind for and it would obviously cash flow um, a lot a lot better. Um, and it wouldn't obviously that wouldn't work for a single let. And um, so so yeah, it was um it, but the the thing with it was we actually had a we actually had a corporate client in mind for it, but they had really to make things even worse and, and this was just uh just after the first lockdown last year. So everything obviously with the solicitors, we were going through the buying process of it for quite a while. And um, we we didn't get the keys for it till I think the mid
1: July, wasn't it? Mid July, yeah. End of mid
2: of July. And we had the seventh of September as the um, of, is the deadline day they, they literally they they didn't they couldn't move it because they had people coming so it was like that's your deadline day that's tight yeah it's very it was seven weeks seven weeks down on and it was everything came off like every every wall was back to break obviously there was four bathrooms mm. like full, full heating system full rewire
1: it was everything re- and it was we did reconfigure it yeah. slightly didn't we on well, actually on every floor we had to kind of put corridors in and yeah
2: there was just there was just all studs, studs weren't there yeah. yeah um and yeah obviously we had to put on suites in studs so um yeah all that's come we, we kind of had to uh have our uh, especially having that in having that team that you that you've used before and and been able to use them again on that um i mean they did look at us and think yeah well, we sit <laughs> weeks,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> are you serious <laughs> but they were great and
1: everyone pulled together and we were really lucky that it was summer as well that everything dried yeah, out quickly that was
2: a big thing um
1: obviously in the winter things aren't as easy um with no terms short of day- and shorter, shorter
2: days. days as well yeah light. Like, um, it, it did make a massive difference that
1: yeah um steve our site foreman was um his uh, jaw dropped when we, uh, <laughs> when we when we dropped that deadline
0: <laughs> I mean that is uh, it's just one of those things, isn't it you've got it's great that you've got a secured sort of e- rental exit and you've got the nice little contract in place, but then you know for people listening if if you didn't have an in house team and it was I, it'd oh, be very yeah. difficult
2: right you wouldn't i don't think you would have done it Close to be honest. yeah like, i don't I, think I, it. I don't really don't think like unless unless you were essentially chucking silly numbers at it Mm. but which then wouldn't make it viable on the on the back end like we because obviously this wasn't us just going oh we've got seven weeks we're just going to plow as much money into it as possible this was like you know working to a budget you know like it wasn't anything that we deviated from what we what we really do um it was just right we've just got to get on with it and get it done and it was a big house Yeah, it was a very, it was a big house.
0: I mean, yeah, if it was three flats then you made it into a, and um, out of interest, I prefer flats and single lets to HMOs, but as it was three flats already, did you not just want to keep it as three flats, do some title splitting and just have that, you know, as three vital lets or like something like that? What made you say "Mm, HMO instead of three separated humans, not taking each other's milk from the fridge um, flats? What made you do that?
2: Well, I completely, we completely agree with you. And we, we, we do, we do exactly the same. We're not really HMO. We just had this like opportunity and dealing with this client, they were asking for something. We were like, well, we've got this in mind and we, we kind of put them, put them together. And they were like, yeah, we like the location. We like the house. We just, obviously it needs to just be done to the standard that we want and with what they could offer us the contract wise, it was worth it. But, um, it was actually it was awesome. To make it easy for us, it was three flats done illegally. So there was no plans in place. Um it was so we could have gone down that route of putting in planning, but it wouldn't have been they wouldn't have really allowed it. Um it was it wasn't it, it wouldn't have passed fire regulations, you know, with everything that needed to be done. Like I said, I think he I think the landlord, as he's got worse tenants, it, it probably started out as a single let and then somebody went and he was like how can i make money from this and so it split them and we're talking like he'd owned it for like 30, 30 40 years so as it kind of more more great came into place um and the tenant got worse and worse it's just it just made the yeah it just for him he was just anything if he could rent anything on it and get some money from it it was he was happy with it um
0: Yeah, the the pictures, I'm just looking at the pictures because you were in YPM magazine. I mean, the amount of trash in there Mm. is like a couple of grand's worth of trash, which people underestimate. Oh, yeah, we just take to the skip. It's like, Mm -hmm. uh, no, this is like, wow. And um, I believe you left in like around £10,000 in the deal and it nets about 960 quid a month.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's um That's yeah
0: pretty good. Very Yeah, good. it is it is
2: it's um it is good. Um it we yeah, we bought it for um one eight five. We spent um we're all in for we're all in for two fifty, two five five and then it got valued at um three 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 five? Two 340. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it gave it we, we, we brought back um it was in and around um you know, as 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 close to kind of drawing out as as near enough the the money that we put into it in the first place. Um. So, so yeah, we we for for the for the numbers that we were, we were on for it, um, and we were essentially making, I'd say, that four um four amounts of single lets, three three amounts of single lets. Yeah, we were we're happy with it, and the and the corporate clients on a five year contract with it. So we've Oof. got that. Yeah, I mean that's. Um,
0: that's good that is an asset like you know you've, you've you've taken most of the money out you're getting it back in eight nine months like hundred percent plus ROI you know I mean I can see the building it looks like a really nice building yeah. um you know you've got corporate in there for five years like that is I think what a lot of people are looking for especially the five you know if you could have a Hmo on a five-year thing no management no BS even I would do a HMO, consider yeah. one, you know, with that kind of agreement in place. So when you did this crazily quick refurb and obviously you saw the reval and thought, bloody hell, oh, this is this is good. Did that change what you've done or what you're doing now in the sense that, hey, maybe we should do more of these HMOs? Um,
2: no, because I, I don't think because they were they weren't they weren't looking for anything else and you could say we could look for another client, but we, we sit into that same, same, um, part as you said, we're not bothered about, I don't it's want really management. It's not yeah. our model. I'd much rather have as an idea, I'd much rather have that house as three flats Yeah, and, and you have each. And we actually did one round the corner from that place that is very similar in size. And that one was, um, it was it was it was three floors, but it was kind of a, a um, it was more like a detached house in a row of semi in a row of terraces. It, it's a bit it's a bit of an odd bit of an odd I, one,
1: yeah.
2: Um, and double fronted kind of yeah, double fronted yeah. um, double fronted terrace. And that one is that one was actually four flats, um, and we've kept them as four flats and just re and that was again that was just really tired, and we just we just um, upgraded everything and. It, there's a lot less. There's just a lot less management, and it, we just prefer it. We 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 don't we we enjoy refurbs, We we're happy to do that. We're happy to find things, but we're not we're not interested in having that like management of, like you said, he's stole this or this person did this or this person's like getting in late and like leaving lights on and etc etc etc. We'd much rather. Each each person oh. have their own space, and it works for us. We find it on the back. We don't have in that in that block of flats. We don't have people no. coming to us and saying, "Oh, you know, complaining about the noise." things. I think because they've got their own space. And another thing as well with COVID, we we thought, are people really going to want to be sharing as much? Um, is it something that are people going to want their own space? Is that kind of knowing that you're coming back and nobody's been. You're living in a communal area so I, I it was just one of the it's just another thought that made us um, mm. made stick to what we kind of and that
1: kind of led us on to our next project um, <laughs> the one we're, we're doing now with converting an office office buildings into apartments yeah, um, yeah. obviously single lets um, like we said a lot easier to manage and it just, just probably in in terms of future proof, they're yeah better assets to to have on your on your books than um than well for us than the HMOs yeah yeah, yeah.
0: I um,
1: and I guess as well the area we're in yeah. um it's quite well I mean I know there's a, probably quite a few landlords now trying to sell HMOs but it's quite well sat the market for HMOs in Sheffield particularly is quite saturated really the,
2: the moving as well there's a lot of purpose built student places that you know how can a struggle as a landlord and i know people would say in second and third years people do move out to houses but I, I i don't know if things have changed a lot but with these purpose built and everything's all in one one place how can you as a if you've got a fairly tired house as a landlord yeah it'll be cheaper but these places have now got gyms they've got like bars they've got they've got everything and they're like a kind of a hotel and people to to then try and advertise your Tired house, um, you you might you might struggle when there's a number of them also trying to win that business of the second and third year um, students. I, I think that that's why there is a lot more, I and mean, with a lot of like tax changes, and you know, when when it changed to limited companies, I think a lot of people thought um, kind of the mum and dad, um, back to select let student landlord have just thought, right, I'm just going to get out of this now, so. Uh, we will will stick to the single lets, but single lets, but in volume that we try and do now. So, like Alice said, more like these ones that we're doing at the minute. It's um multi units, multi units. Yeah. It's ten flats that we're creating.
0: Wow.
2: Um So,
0: and then you know, looking at now, you're doing multi units, but also, I suppose, more specifically, you're doing a commercial to residential conversion because it's offices. Yeah. Um, like because everything you've done so far, as far as I know, has been like resi to resi. So. When you've been looking at commercial and you know permitted development rights and the fact that well it's an office so and a house is different to it you've got acoustic regulations you've got um, insulation regulations There's a you know I suppose the complexity can kind of go up especially ten flats in a block you've got ten different supplies all this kind of stuff how have you found you know adjusting to that and then maybe the level of complexity kind of increasing
2: yeah it does it just bring up another. Another headache, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you've just got to, and it's also making sure that your your team, it can't have, working with the right people, really. Um, like having your having a your architect be um, on essentially on like you on a first buy refer, finance. Don't really need to when you're just doing a um, a two up two down or a three bed semi. There's, and you're not you're not you know you're not changing anything structurally. There's not really there's no real need for an architect for it it's just essentially another cost that you don't don't need to have um but the on these ones they're kind of worth their weight in gold with the with the uh, specs that they give and that obviously allow you to put to building control um, and then it's like obviously having the input from building control because it's a commercial to residential conversion they like you said they want there's, there's the sound testing that's got to be done before and afterwards to make sure that there's obviously the insulation, and um, things like security on the doors and windows. Um, yeah. It's, it's, there is a, there is a lot more, there's a lot more to it, but there's a lot more maybe paperwork to it. It's just, but the, the job is still a, um, it's, 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 it's still the, the, the physical mm-hmm. project, you know, it's still kind of kitchens, bathrooms, flooring, plastering, plumbing, electrics. You've just got to kind of get them get the guys knowing that they've got to do the other maybe other bits with it as well. Yeah. I think
1: that's as well where we've we're we're now working with people that are able to assist us with that. Like we've taken on a project manager um just to kind of ease the workload a bit so that it can all still happen. Yeah. Um and you know go through as efficiently as possible um because you're right there's so much more to consider on these on these um conversion projects than there are on a uh, three-bed terrace yeah yeah, absolutely
0: yeah no that makes absolute sense and it's like you know your your checklist for a commercial or for a new build is way bigger and way more detailed Mm. than a buy to let buy to let is you know now you've done you know x many of them you you can do another one kind of like that in your sleep because you've done it but yeah, people need to be aware. But then, I suppose on on the positive side, you know, does you know a bigger project mean bigger profits and, and better ROIs and better deals? In in so far in your experience,
2: um, yeah, I'd I'd say so. Um, again, for us, it's like renting out on 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 the back end. Um, so for you, you you're essentially getting your um, a good amount of rent. Each month, I mean we're not at the stage of renting these ones yet, but our projected figures with them you know we we should be able to rent them out and you know get what well it's it's like a small portfolio isn't it in mm. in one area um so uh, yeah it's they they are i think for the rental side of things and if you can and you have got a better potential of being able to draw your money out of bigger deals um the i mean that that is that is that is somewhat maybe subjective to the valuer um you <laughs> could argue different mm. and yeah. you may be putting that that somebody could say you're taking a bigger risk because if you don't get your valuation that you want you obviously all your eggs are in one basket um but for having those you know this comes back to again doing your due diligence and finding the right place um and thinking okay well I think it's going to be worth this. And we've also spoke to, you know, when, you do, when you're when doing these, it's like speaking to local, it's not just a state agent, it's like paying for having a, um, a survey on there and you know, like a valuation from like an independent. So you're able to put forward to the valuer from the bank on the back end and saying to them, look, this is what I've had in this. And, you know, it's not like ramming it down the throat and saying this is what it needs to be, but it's like this is, this is another RICS accredited um that is suggested it's worth x and y you know the for rental and for sale and for rental and for valuation and and it just gives them a bit of a com. it gives them some information yeah back it up, back yeah, back
1: up, it up. what yeah. we're asking for i suppose on the back end isn't it
0: yeah, yeah i think you know, you're saying. I think some of them need it shoved down their throat. Some of them are so useless yeah. um, with their valuations. But you know, anyone who's new who's listening, you've um, you've got all of that to come, all of these lovely yeah. down valuations and um, yeah. yeah, appeals that never get anywhere. So um, you're both business partners, you're both life partners. Yeah. Um, how do you balance work and life? Because you're working together, you're living together, you are together. How how do you balance it all? And I suppose. What I'm trying to get is like advice or tips for other people in a similar situation of how they can make it all work mm. nicely. And now, of course, there is a, another member of the family. Um, um, so now, how do you balance everything? Mm. Um,
1: good question. I
0: think just Alice just
2: has a decent pair of earphones, <laughs> so she just
1: doesn't have to listen to me <laughs> going on. We tend to not yeah. stop much, and I have a <laughs> quite a skill of just blanking off when I yeah when I need to um in the evenings and
2: stuff um but I can be quite I I know I can be quite but I I don't like to say that like when I if I get into something I'm quite like I get quite I don't say the word obsessed but I get quite full on yeah I get quite full on with it (laughs) so I can't really like leave it at the door you know I'm just which which I'm trying to do now like you say with having the um, little member in the family now, now and i just just i just had a baby it's we are um it, it's kind of when you when you have that there is more and, and i see as the business has progressed and like i said we've got like we, we're now getting layers in the business like we've got a project manager that's dealing with helping on the construction side and the rent and the um the uh holding side of the business we call it jackson lacy construction jackson lacy holding jackson lacy development so it kind of um, quite quite easy to follow. Um, he's helping. He's obviously involved in that, and then we've got like a site manager who's involved. So we have got the ability to somewhat um, try and like switch off a bit more. Now we've yeah. got now we've got him and um, to be able to. We,
1: I think because we've well we've been together since sixth form. We've kind of evolved into it together as yeah, we've well. Grown um, with it,
2: haven't we? As well,
1: and I think we probably along the way somewhere just learned how to deal with it yeah deal with it and deal with each other with each other's uh um you know when people ways. say
2: to us, like when they work for themselves they're unemployable i'm probably undateable now
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so oh alice is just stuck with me yeah <gasps> if we, yeah it's just, just yeah so you just you, you do you just um we, we i suppose that's why we are we do work together because a couple of the guys that work for us like say I just don't know how you do it. Like I don't know how you work together and live together, and it most like, I could never do that with with, with my wife. Like we'd be we wanting to you know be, be at each other um, all day, but as, like Alice said, we've we've kind of like grown up together, uh, and our personalities obviously fit, and um, so we're able to just um, we're able to make it make it work. And that might not always be the case with people. They might have to do specific things, uh, where you know they they have like certain interests where they go and do it or they they do they they, they go away and they have breaks away from the business or, or what but we just seem to work work in our way don't we where it where it does where you just have to listen to me Drone on <laughs> about things
0: i love it and i think yeah it, it is all about finding what works for you you know for the individuals listening for the individuals in a in a jv in any sort of partnership it's about working with each other and what works yeah for each other.
1: Yeah, definitely. Give and take. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So um let's kind of round off the podcast and talk about the most fun aspect, which is um builders and refurbs. So um you know obviously you had a reason, you know, to take on your own team because you were doing a lot. You then had a client come in with even more. So it, it made sense. It makes a lot of sense to do that and there's many benefits to it. But builders when they're under your paye or whatever or when they're like an external i think are very difficult uh species to work with so how has it been running it in-house um and has it been really stressful has it been easy do you sort of have the same problems that we get when we use an external team just tell me about it
2: yeah oh big time (laughs) i completely agree we we yeah we Tradesmen are—they um, are a certain certain breed, as such. Um, uh, It's—they're it, not it, they're like in in a good way, and like I, in a good way, and sometimes like in a in a bad way for it. Like they, but I think as well that they often don't get given. They—they're good with. They're obviously they become tradesmen because they're good with their hands and they're good with you know like working, being able to do things on a physical basis. And sometimes I think that seeing things from our side, uh, like some clients, kind of expect that they will be more, um, maybe have more of a
1: more refined.
2: Yeah, more refined sometimes. And they, they, there's a reason why some, the reason why a lot of them you know, left school at 16 to progress to to uh, go in that line of work. And sometimes see that the younger ones as well. I've asked them about at college. You know, do you get taught how to like you know do things like invoices? You get taught like the soft skills of of business, being able to you know learn how to price things up, and they don't they don't get caught any they don't get taught anything like that. So that's kind of some that I do feel like that is a bit of a um a bit of a stumbling block for them that's that, that does hold them back in certain ways. But yeah, they are they they're not. Yeah, I think they if you allow them to just make decisions and let them get on with things uh, to their own devices, it, it becomes like it can come a real. Mm. uh real muddle a real mess um what we've essentially tried to do because we're not not a, not a tradesman uh i mean i've learned learned a hell of a lot over the over the time that we've been doing it but we've we've put like a bit we put like a system and uh and a structure around them and around it so i think everybody will probably work well when they have some form of structure and a system to work work in um whether that's you know a multinational corporate business international or just or like a uh a, 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 a small construction business it just means you can define job roles a lot better um, and they've just got more 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 structure more something to like lean on and, and to be able to go off what they've been told rather than um rather than like what they think's right so i think if you if you're just getting people in to do it, um, and it, it, yeah, it would be, it's very difficult people. I see it more so on, um, the programs like, um, what's the, what's the design one, channel four. Oh, grand um, designs, grand designs. People are doing a really like quite big project high end. And they say, Oh yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. it's in, it's in Kent or it's in, um, it's in Surrey. Uh, I work in London. I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, project manage it as well. I'm like, oh wow, like that's that's gonna go wrong, mm. and that often it often means that they go over budget and over time. Um, it, it's it's hard getting everybody together, and um, very I think, hard.
1: Um, initially, when we after we'd done our first project on probably like second or third. Um, we did get quotes from a building company to do the whole job. Yeah, um, and it was at this stage where we realised that actually getting, first of all, getting a quote back from a builder, yeah, was very difficult. I think we had about, did we have about four people out?
2: Yeah, and I think like, and I think we two got, came back and one took like four months. We'd even think we'd we needed finished, finished it by it the time it they gone. came back.
1: With <laughs> um, so oh, I think classic. from from that point, and we we were close to using well the one that did come back
2: to us yeah
1: but it was just so difficult in terms of like we never got contracts through we no. never like the the communication side of stuff was very very difficult and um, we just didn't really trust because we hadn't ever used anybody before we didn't really trust trust it without having obviously the official contract through so in the end we didn't use them and at that point we decided that actually managing our own tradesmen would help us keep the costs down fundamentally yeah. but also it, it just meant that we had so much more control over it because with the other well with the person we were going to use or the company we were we going to use like it felt like we just didn't have a clue what was what was going
2: on and that we just had no no control over it really yeah because it wasn't documented was it no it wasn't yeah so I mean what's what's your kind of I know you've spoken about it Ted what's your how how do you where do you see the problems and what what where do you kind of um, struggle with them
0: um where do i not struggle with the smaller <laughs> list um yeah. i think you know i think it's like it's culturally in 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 the sense that the whole trade the whole industry the whole upbringing within you know the, the culture of being a tradesperson just is not positive it not not positive in like it's not happy or but it's yeah. it's just not conducive to a open communicative and trusting relationship um yeah. i think like obviously we go into it, not, in my opinion, not trusting them for good reason. Mm. And they come in maybe trusting us a little bit more, for potentially for better reason. And I think for me, it's the communication is the main thing because, you know, we always get those excuses. Oh, my um, auntie's dog um, has yeah, an eye yeah. operation and I have to be there to, you know, to shut up, bruv. Like So I think the communication for me is probably the biggest thing. If that was fixed, I think that would solve so many issues. Tradesmen would earn more money. They'd get paid quicker. They'd have more, like, their life would be easier, I think, um, if communication was better. I mean, there's 101 things, but communication for me is, like, the main sticking point. And what you said about contracts, yeah, I'm on my 17th refurb now, and now is the only time I've ever received a contract from a builder. Like, before that is me sending it or you know whatever but
1: yeah
0: i'm like you know and all the like it's just yeah there's a lot wrong with it but mm. um i have a lot of respect for you for for having a building firm um managing it you know still being alive to tell the story yeah. you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> is is I, I know yeah i think that do think as well that um yeah i completely agree with that there is there's that there's that trust issue and i do also think that when you say property development, people like builders tend to think that like there's like millions just sat there, and mm. uh, whatever project oh they must be loaded doing that. You know whoever's doing that, they do, like property development, oh there's loads of money doing that, and they don't realise all the all the bits that you have to do to to get around. And, um, and so having having our ability to um, we, we've kind of got the property development and then seen it on both sides of the fence as such. Cause obviously once we go and do, we do work for clients, we obviously then fit onto like essentially the building side of things. And then once we're doing our own project with a like property developer and like kind of principal contractor, um, we are able to, we're able to have that, that um, we're able to see it from like say both sides of the fence. Mm. And, it, and it does. And I do see with, with customers when it comes to customers and obviously ourselves, we're essentially, we communicate. We can speak with it's like in house, or so we speak with like a project manager and um, our site manager. But when it's on, when it's with a uh, when it's with a client, I've been doing the lad that's just come in, the project manager. He's only been with us quite recently, so I've been doing a lot more of the the customer and communication. Says I completely agree. It is everything
1: fundamental. Yeah, it's
2: so fundamental. If if that's not there, then um, yeah. It's it makes life so much harder and people do get their backs up, um, whether it be the tradesman or whether it be the the, the, the customer. If that communication is lacking, it does just it means that the the, the relationship could could go south quite quickly mm. um, if things were to go wrong. And um, so
0: yeah, absolutely. And, and communication solves most problems in life. You know, if, if all the world leaders talk to each other, if everything talked, everyone talked yeah. to everyone, I think the yeah. world would be a nicer place. So my last question of the podcast is, you know, we're, we're recording this at the end of 2021, pretty much 22 is, is on the horizon. What are your goals, personal company, whatever for 2022?
2: <laughs> 2022. Right, so we wanna. Um, we've got a couple of things in. We've got a couple of projects that are um, at planning, at pre-planning stage. So we kind of got to see if we can get the green light on then, um, and then having this layer within the business as well. Um, we my my role is kind of just, just taking more of like a um, a further like. Not, not. I don't like to step back, but like looking from looking from like a bigger picture. So, trying to find, trying to look at like the more of the um, the sourcing and and the finance side of things, um, and and like and obviously having the uh, and the babies. Actually, it, Alice is is kind of not is not really involved in the in the business as as much now. Um, with with having maternity, um maternity leave as such so um yeah we're 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 looking to we're looking to grow kind of the construction and the and the holding side so we're building up our building up our kind of cash flow um and also building up our long-term assets and our, and our rentals so yeah we're, we're looking at kind of progressing more onto the uh onto just building up that um exposure in the the, the um Commercial to residential conversions—that um, seems to fit what what we do quite well—and um, yeah, like I say, we've got we've got a number of things in, in planning, so we'll hopefully see where we see what we get with that, um, and and just work work from that. Really,
0: cool. I love it. Well, I wish you the best with all of those goals, and, and looking at your past, I'm sure the future will be equally as prosperous. Uh, so, look, uh, thank you both so much for coming on the Tej talks podcast um, i will put all of your links and contact details and whatnot in the show notes so if people want to get a hold of you they can and thank you very much thanks no, Tej. No. thanks Cheers.
1: for
0: having us if you like this podcast connect with tej on facebook linkedin and youtube for more great content